I just want to encourage everyone to, to just to not quit and to think more long term. So I, I know a lot of us, as in this is April 2023, I got to get there by May 2023 and I got to be making $100,000 by June 2023. I would just say, or 200,000 or 400. I, I mean, everyone's got taste in clothes and <laughs> cars, and houses and, and live in different cities. So whatever, you know, whatever. And I want it, I think everyone should go and make, try to make one. But I would just say, we think about it. Um, build some strategy into your job search and into your career. My career, you know, I didn't, I doubled my income in my career when I started thinking of my career strategically versus mm. what's the next recruiting job I can get. When I started, when I stood back and like, hey, you know what? I want to go into tech recruiting. I need to learn these things. I need to do this. I need to do that. The next mm -hmm. job I took, I took it for that particular reason. The things I would study, I studied it for that particular reason. Yeah. And that's how I doubled my income, you know? So I would say be more strategic, not not just one job. Get this job, <laughs> get started. But I'm saying once you're there, be strategic and, and yeah. what you're trying to do, and you'll get there a lot faster. Alonzo, it's such a pleasure to have you onto the show. How are you doing today? Man, I'm doing fantastic, man. Uh, pleasure to be here. I was looking forward. I booked this out a few weeks ago with you. I was looking forward to connecting with you. And likewise, this is always a pleasure for me because of the great conversation that we have with people like yourself. And so, family, if you're watching this, this is going to be great. You're going to hear about some great things that Alonzo is doing for the community to help people like yourself break into this space, pivot into this space maneuver into this space whatever you want to do to get into this space that we call tech so first things first we're going to start off from the very beginning that's a great place to start can you talk about your journey where you grew up how you were raised and how you landed into this space of tech yeah yeah so you know i'll try to make this a shorter story because i'm starting to get up up in age man i just had a birthday <laughs> for all those april birthdays out there i just had a birthday um april 3rd but yeah so so i'm a senior tech recruiter uh, i've been in recruiting for 15 years, but I actually been in the like tech side of recruiting for about seven to eight years now. Um, but I'm originally from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, right now I do live in Dallas. Uh, it's myself. I have two kids and a wife, but yeah, as far as growing up, man, I did not grow up uh, technical. Uh, there was a few friends of mine that I had that were more so kind of in, in computers at that point when I was growing up, is <laughs> really going to date myself. Uh, we were still in the AOL dial-up kind of thing. So uh, that was internet. Everyone didn't have it in their house, all that. But but anyway, um, no, I, I went to college, uh, Western Michigan University. And I think like a lot of people who got into tech in certain roles, you know, you you, you didn't do it. Like it wasn't intentional. Uh, I went to school for business and accounting. Uh, I had a I had a, a secondary degree in marketing and I but I had no you know plan to even actually even go into recruiting. Honestly, I was I was going to be an accountant. But uh, long story short, man, Western Michigan graduated um, in Michigan at that time. Nothing was going on. The, all of the if anyone knows anything about Detroit, anything about Michigan is all built off of the, the car and auto and all that. And. And that was going down the drain. So anyway, I, I uh, packed up everything in my vehicle at the time. I had a, uh, <laughs> a Chrysler Sebring that the transmission was always slipping on me. But anyway, I had a Chrysler. I packed it up, man, drove all the way down from Michigan to Texas. It, it probably took me like 20, hour, 20, 20 hours or something like that. And uh, and that's how I got started, man. I didn't have a job when I, when I got to Texas. I just heard a lot of good things about Dallas. And so 
I just started to apply for jobs and I, I did end up landing um, kind of like an entry level sales insurance sales slash recruiting position. And that's how and that's how I got started uh, in recruiting. And if you fast forward some years from there, uh, kind of my first introduction into kind of a, a somewhat of a technical world from a recruiting standpoint uh, was with T-Mobile. And that's how I, I kind of got started there. And um, I, I just want to say pause there and say one thing to a lot of folks trying to break into. I just would say that, you know, also take a look at. I know we're all looking to get new skills, but also take a look at kind of like what you're currently doing or what you currently have a skill set in or, or, or whatever you're doing at your current job. Most tech companies have those same type of positions or very similar. And it, and it might be a, it might be an easy transition in um, versus like a tech, a new skill. So not to discourage anyone from the skill set, but it could be a way in. And, I, and that was my way in. And then I started to learn more kind of like about tech industry, about um things that were going on. I started to learn more about just the goals or just kind of overall mission and, and focus of tech companies. And, and then that helped me get a lot more familiar with the the positions from a recruitment standpoint, the positions, the hiring managers and what they were looking for. So, and there I am. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to continue on within tech. I think it's a great community, especially what I see from people of color, just kind of networking together and really trying to help each other uh, to advance. We're not where we need to be. And that's something I'm really passionate about uh, from a representation standpoint. We, we don't have enough. Uh, we're not employed enough. We, we don't have enough like higher up management. Um, and we need to be we need to have better representation. Yeah, I completely agree with that. We need to be in the space uh, for multiple reasons. And that's why I'm so passionate about this this channel, and honestly, passionate mm -hmm. about sharing this, uh, this these gifted these conversations with other people. So let me go back to your story because there's yeah. a lot of a lot of different things in there from T-Mobile mm -hmm. to from Michigan, Dallas. Like so, like like tell me about your experiences in Dallas. I want to make sure I have the tr the timeline right. Yeah. Uh, how was it being there? What did you learn during your time there, and and, and uh, everything that you were able to do while you were there? Oh, are you still there now? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you know, uh, I kind of went through that pretty quick, um, but I appreciate you asking. You know, Dallas. So I originally moved from, from Michigan to Dallas, and I was in Dallas for about seven, eight years. And then I moved to Houston for four years, and then I'm back in Dallas. Um, but what I really learned from, you know, what I really try to take, if I look back on it, like different recruitment jobs that I had, uh, initially it just started with learning recruiting really well. Uh, mm -hmm. I just bring that up because I think a lot of people are trying to like I talk to a lot of people that are trying to break in and they're, and they're just trying to get in. But they if you can understand, like if you're really good at something <laughs> or you start to get really crap, like craft your skills, it shows. it shows. Yeah. And, and, and you become an asset. So mm. I think that's what helped me out. So, yeah, some of my other, you know, I won't run through all the companies or things like that. I just mentioned Timo because it, it was kind of like my that was like my transition step. But some of those other companies, you know, I more so just learned like my skill set, the systems I needed to use, the process for recruiting, how to interact with candidates, how to build offer letters. Uh, some of those things that I would later lean upon uh, in a technical world. Um, that's, that, that's where I started, man. That's why I tell everyone, like wherever you're at right now, don't just look at that. Like it's like, feel bad about it. You know, learn, <laughs> learn it, yeah. get really good at it. And then just take that to a new, you know, to a, new, a different environment. Yeah. Now I, I completely agree with that. And, and I think this is actually a good question because 
they may be saying like what transferable skills I have. Mm. I either been the janitor or I've been the, the person that I've been the bus lady. Right. Like I worked in the cafeteria or like my mom, you know, um, or my father, I should say, I worked in the factory, whatever. Like, uh, where, <laughs> what skills do I have? What am I going to do? Who, who I? <laughs> you know? You're talking about coding. You're talking Python. You know, they start hearing all these buzzwords. They get like, like yeah, hey, man. Uh, <laughs> I ain't finna learn all that. That's what they think. They get in their head. I ain't finna learn all that. Like, like, can you, like, can you, talk, can you talk about how they could look at their lives, the skills and experiences they have, and they could apply that to a tech job? It's a yeah, breakdown yeah, for people. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So, so I would say, you know, first thing is understanding what direction they want to go to go within tech. Mm. Tech is huge. It's you know, people just use the word. A lot of people use the word tech as in is, but it's it's a lot, man. I mean, when you look at a company, a company could have two hundred different job titles, mm. and with different skill sets and things like that. So, you know, I would probably start with one: what you're interested in. And two, like if you are, say, a janitor or, or something like that, that's fine. You know, just look at if you're trying to go into like a, a direction of sales within tech, just just focus on honing in your your sales skills. You know, where I think of most people and this was when you asked me about my transition and what really helped me um, instead of just relying on myself, I started looking at who I could network with, like where I worked. And there was a gentleman at that company who he was more in like a lot more tech than I was. And so I said, Hey, I want to understand, I want to learn more. And he took me under his wing and he started sending like, it'd be articles he would read. He would send them to me as well. There was books and things he was, he would send them to me as well. So I would say someone who was a janitor or any, 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 any of the, like who, if, if there's anyone in that building, <laughs> if you want to go into tech sales and there's anyone in that building who has any sales skill set, like, navigate and build a relationship with them and learn from them. Even, even if you're not doing it in your current, in your current job. And and that's where I think a lot of us sell ourselves short. We sell opportunities short. A lot of times we have family members. I mean, I talked to a, a, a young lady the other day, man, her mom was like runs a business and she's, she's like really scrambling trying to understand all these skills that she had. And she had a mom who was running a, a successful business where she could have learned sales. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, she could. And she was like, you know, what I'm going to do that. I never really thought about it. You can go to your friends, go to your family. If, sell, if tech sales is your thing, like, hey, let me let me let me sell something for you. Let me understand, like you're building a sales funnel. You're doing these things. Let me. And sometimes that can be an easier relationship than just relying on applying on LinkedIn and applying. I know we all got to get paid, and get a real job. But I'm just saying, like, as far as getting skill sets. Yeah, look, look at who you know and look look who's in your immediate circle and, and your organizations you're a part of and communities you're a part of who, who would let you come in and, and do these things. Hey there, thank you so much for watching this video. This video is actually sponsored by Course Careers. So whether you're interested in breaking in as a tech sales representative, if you're interested in actually doing IT or digital marketing, not only do they have free introductory courses for you right now, go to the description and check that out, but they also have $50 off that you could get from, through me, Joseph50. That's right, $50 off through Joseph50. So if you're interested in getting into that course, any which one, whether it's, again, tech sales, IT, or digital marketing, look no further. Go down to the description below, click on the link, and sign up right now. What are you waiting for? 
Yeah, that's that's so good. You have to leverage the things that are around you because you you may think of you may think that what this person does or that person does or even what you do is not on par, mm. but it's it's quote unquote transferable. And here's a great example. We all know this. Well, most of us, I shouldn't say we all, I can assume. We've seen, <laughs> we've seen karate kid. Wax right. on, wax off. That's right. <laughs> Transferring the skills from waxing on and waxing off and making that car nice and shiny to now defending yourself in mm -hmm. in, in in a in a martial arts tournament. That's mm -hmm. that's that's kind of the, what what we could say is that there's similar things: attention to detail, all these different things, listening skills. These are not like the thing about listening skills and how powerful they are. Uh, they 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 are companies that will hire you to be yeah. able to listen. And basically sift through information and be able to present it in a way that people can understand. Um, that's a that's actually a good part of, of, of sales as well, being able to listen and to be able to give out that information so that the prospect or the, uh, the client, I should say, the potential client, could be able to understand what the solution is that we provide. Oh man! So let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do something that I haven't done before. Wait, no, yeah. Go ahead. You were gonna say something? No, no. I said that. That's that's a great point, bro. And you know, I've I've looked at. I've recruited for sales. Just to put it in perspective, I've recruited for sales as an individual contributors, even like at a retail store location, all the way up to like VPs, where we're talking, uh, like they're 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 over like massive. I mean, you're talking four or five hundred employee headcount underneath their, uh, you know, their leadership, and even from that level they're still talking about listening skills mm. like, to give you an idea of how important it is. Listening skills is, is like anytime because what it is like handling objections and things like that, you cannot, or discovery, you cannot do that. If you, if you're not listening, if you're going in tunnel vision, I know this isn't a call about just like how to be a salesperson, but no, just, when you said that, it's, it's just like, I, I just want to, I just want to make it like bring that, point home is like even at the highest i'm in board meetings with like vp level and and mm -hmm. leaders and and they're saying like no get me salespeople that can listen that can handle objections and that the, and, and that this discovery asking another question on top of a question if they can do that i'm gonna give that person an opportunity there you go mm -hmm. and there you go and the reason why it just i think this is ordained the reason why this conversation is flowing this way, because there's a lot of people, my viewers, a lot of people are people that are now contemplating whether they should get into tech and specifically tech sales, whether as SDR, BDR, even account executive for some people that have prior experience. Mm -hmm. And they're like, what does the ideal candidate look like? You just said it. Yes. You just, you, you just said it. That was going to be our next question, but you answered that. Mm -hmm. The ideal candidate is all the different things, listening, being able to handle objections and rebuttals. And for those that are watching, they're like, what's an objection? What's a rebuttal? If you basically say this pen is great, you know, the, I, I, would think, I definitely recommend that you should have this pen. Somebody says, you know, what? I have a plethora of pens. And then you have to kind of come back with that and say, yeah, but have you ever heard of the engineering that goes on with this pen? This pen is made to last. This pen is actually designed in a way that if you were to lose it, there's a GPS track on it that will tell you where it is. <laughs> like you have to be able to convey that. And now they're like thinking about it. Now I'm saying like you you have a plethora of pens, but how much are you spending on each and every single yeah. pen? If you have one single pen that's not only made to last, but you could track it and find it, and you will be able to use it forever. Mm -hmm. How much money have you saved? Oh, I don't know. That's a lot of money. And so you know you have to be able to do all these different things, and that doesn't happen overnight. That's a skill that is developed. 
Anyway, I gotta get back to you because you talk. No, about man, that's you. Man. Keep that. You, that's that's powerful, man. That's powerful right there. You got me going because I'm thinking about when. Because here's the thing: uh, a lot of people are trying to get to recruiters, and I access to actually uh, Bobby, uh, who was on the show before. How should a person approach you for a job? Because you, because like they, they may approach you the wrong way. They got to come correct. How should a person approach yeah, you? For a the job? hot seat right here, man. This is a question. So, so let me first say <laughs> that I apologize on behalf of all recruiters. Okay, Ooh. someone, and I shouldn't speak for other. Okay, but I am. If you did not get a response back, okay, mm. I wanna. I just wanna apologize because I know sometimes you need to just say. My bad, <laughs> you know, but for the community. But I will say I will say this. Um, there's two parts to this. Getting in touch with recruiters, just go into And I've had this. I've said this before. Go into it. Understand the recruiter in this whole cycle of, you know, hiring managers, recruiters, coordinators, uh, HR representatives, just other people at the company. All right. And th- who would be involved in a recruitment process? The recruiter is probably the most occupied of, of everyone in this whole cycle. And I'm not saying this to make an excuse for recruiters. I'm just saying this because I want to help everyone who's trying to get in touch. Just understand you're you're trying to, if it's a LinkedIn message, if it's however you're trying to do it, you're you're trying to contact the person who's being contacted the, the most <laughs> out of everyone. Okay. Mm. So sometimes. The recruiter, and I'm going to answer your question with the best way to, to read, but sometimes the recruiter isn't the best person to do it, for, to, to reach out to, just Ooh. because they're the, now I'm not saying don't reach out to recruiters. I'm just saying that sometimes you may have to have a multiple prong approach where you, okay, I'm going to reach out to a recruiter and I'm going to reach out to someone um, say within that line. So if I'm looking at an AE, maybe I, I only, on LinkedIn, I also look at who's the account, the head of AEs, you know, who's who's running a sales organization or who yeah. is just current um, AE or SDR at that company and reach out to them as well and, t- and try to talk to them. And for those that uh, like diversity and inclusion, a big initiative for a lot of tech companies, sometimes you just reach out to someone from DNI like, hey, your numbers isn't where it wants you want it to be. I'm ambitious. I'm interested. And I really love your company. I would love to, to, to connect. Who's the best person I should even contact. And the hopes is referred in. Okay. Now we can get to the recruiters. <laughs> Hold up. Yeah. yeah. Keep going. I'm, 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 keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. I gotta see something after this, but this is good. Uh, okay. So yeah. So, so, so you might want to look at other people, but now when it gets to the recruiter, just some basics. You can't, you have to be specific, very specific. This is mm. going to be someone that has limited time or they're reviewing a lot of messages. So if I were to go into my LinkedIn for any particular job, which I could have multiple jobs, okay, at the same time, I might have 10, 12, 20 people, however many that have messaged me asking for a status update. What happened to, you know, are they going to get the job? Can they get into this job? So I have all different if you think of like a project management standpoint they're 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 in all these different stages so when you're contacting a recruiter and i'm I'm assuming you're saying it from like you just wanted to apply stage so you're you're in the very beginning sometimes that resident sometimes that position we're almost to the finish line you you should still get a response but sometimes we're almost to the finish line sometimes we just had six wonderful candidates present an interview and we don't know sometimes we're waiting for here from the hiring manager back 
So I would say don't get too frustrated, one, when interacting with recruiters. Don't take it too personal, as in that recruiter has an issue with you. Uh, don't get so frustrated where you don't apply to that that company anymore, because sometimes even if you apply, um, like even the last position I got, I applied to the, that comp. I applied to uh, AWS. I applied like seven, eight jobs just because there were so many of them, and I applied to all of them, mm. you know? and I got denied on some of them, and then you know obviously I got I got I got hired. So yeah, I would just say that when it just comes to the LinkedIn message, though, yeah. Hey, Alonzo, I'm interested in this particular position. I have this particular skill set that makes it make me a good fit for it. And I would love to talk to you. That sounds that sounds short and simple, sweet, and simple. right to the point. Mm-hmm. But but let me let me let me let me put out a play that I don't I don't think anybody's ever put out before. Out of all people I've interviewed, mm-hmm. you said uh, something that we call in sales top down. Right. You said, see who's the hiring manager. Somebody that's up, the, who's a boss of the boss, right? Because they're going to tell the person beneath them, hey, I got this message from so on and so forth. Reach out to them. They're not going to say no to that person. They're not going to say no to their, their, their boss. They're like, all right, I'll reach out to them, <laughs> right? Um, and they might even do it begrudgingly in case you reach out to them. They're like, I didn't want to talk to that person, but now my boss is saying it. I got to do it, right? So that's that's one play that I've heard before. But you said something that was very unique. You said pe- companies are looking for diversity and inclusion, and if you could reach out to the DEI person or the person yeah. that's a part of that, you can be able to break in through there because of referrals, because now they're like, hey, we need this is a part of our agenda as a company. We need this. They could advocate for you. They could refer you. Yep. And then, you know, people don't like to some people might not think about that. I don't want to go that way. But listen, get in where you can fit in. Right. That is a play that I never heard before. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of companies, they, they have departments for that. You know, they'll have like a sometimes they have a, a, DNI, a DNI recruiter specifically for that. They'll have an HR representative. So HRBP for that. Sometimes they have a program manager for that. And then if you go to their website, they'll even outline a lot of, a lot of times the initiatives they have or the uh, or the internal groups. <clears throat> so that's another thing. Just kind of down that strategy. If you were to go to the website and look up the the groups all of the diversity groups and you will start to see like oh wow they have a lot of different groups and some companies yeah. groups even have names and, and and things like that and then you'll start to see who's in the group a lot of times they identify themselves on linkedin so you start to you you start to look for other people and i just brought that up because i know everyone's trying to get in touch with the recruiter and i'm trying to give people a strategy to kind of get around that so yeah, yeah get in touch with the right person especially like you said top down if they're a leader um, if they're part of this initiative, uh, if even they're just, you may not know this or not, but if they're a successful or, or, or high performer, um, sometimes in certain cultures, it's owed to a, a person. If they send a referral over, it's like, you got to talk to my referral. You know, I'm one of your top people or I'm doing this or I'm part of this. Yeah. If I refer someone over, like you said, even, even if majority of the time the recruiter doesn't have for lack of a better word, like a dog, a, a big dog in a fight like that. The recruiter really just wants the hiring manager to be happy with their selection. Yeah. The hiring manager wants to talk to you. Even if you don't qualify, I'm pushing you forward. You know, the most I will say 
is if you just like really don't qualify, I'll go to the hiring manager and say, hey, you're going to talk to someone who just don't, <laughs> don't qualify. But if, if you're there or you're on the fence and the manager wants to talk to you, you know, it ultimately it's their hire to make. Mm. Wow. Wow. That, that, that's, that is, that is so, that is so, that is so eye opening for a lot of people that, again, these are my, a lot of people that watch are like, hey, I'm just trying to figure out if this is a good space for me. Uh, I, I normally thought I needed to knock on the recruiter's door, but now I know I, I could go in different paths and different ways. And so this is very good. Oh, man, there's something that and I'm, I'm not too sure if this is the realm of, of if we could talk about this, but let's be we could be we could be honest yeah. in, in this economic climate. People mm-hmm. are concerned about layoffs. They're concerned about trying to find a job or a career or position that is quote unquote secure. Yep. From your experience, what are the positions, roles mm-hmm. that people, if they were to go into these positions and roles, they would have, for lack of a better term, a better chance of having a secure job or in some cases a secure career? Mm, that's a tough question. So, so this is how I would approach it. I, I, I wish, I hope I'm right. And I hope I, my crystal ball <laughs> is working. Uh, but this is what I would say. Let me approach it from historically. If I were to say, if I were, if I were me seven years ago and you asked me similar questions, right. Cause I'm trying to, I, you know, well, let's fast forward today. Today, we're in a climate where it's the economy challenge. And I'm just saying today, I don't know when this is going to air, but I'm saying specifically uh, 2023. <laughs> yeah. And we're talking like, you know, from January to where we are now, this is April. Okay. Economies is, there's some uncertainty. Uh, so it's coming from the top. It's not coming from us looking for job kind of thing. It's coming mm-hmm. from the organizations. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're going through a change. Um, right now, AI, chat GPT, uh, RPA, all this robotics process automation. So all these ways to automate is, is like really coming to the forefront right, right now. Um, what positions is going to affect is hard to, to know. It's just, we just know that it's going to affect the research is saying it's going to affect some, some positions. If I had to just say, like, from my experience, who I think is the most safe and all that, I would say that one, being really good at your job is going to be very important. Two, you're going to have to understand some of this tech and how it applies to your particular job. So, for example, if you are, um, we go through some titles. I know some titles for transitioning. They're looking at SDR, BDR, AE, sales engineers, customer success. Okay, some of those type of titles. I would say sales. I would kind of lean towards sales in my personal mm-hmm. Um, and lean toward any position where you are interacting with people where you can't what you're doing can't really be automated per se or like you can't really build a template for it Uh, i know everyone's job there's some aspect of that but some positions are a little more administrative than others Uh, I i would really look towards either learning the tech itself like understanding how it works even not necessarily programming but if save is our uh ai Understanding how it works so you can be involved in those conversations. If not, then be involved in interacting with people. Anything to where like a person needs to be involved, <laughs> I think it's gotta be like when you get, I already know you're good at your job just from talking to you on this call. Like like Joseph, Thank I you. know that you 
you can't put a robot in to do to do that. I'm not trying to minimize anyone's like, you know, AI creation because I know they're doing great things. But I'm saying there's going to be a certain element of like, I need to talk to someone. I need to understand this. I need I have an objection. You know, I need I need someone to, to you know, so I, I would lean towards um, lean towards sales. But if someone doesn't want to go into sales, because some tell me I don't want to be like that involved in sales. I would say lean towards at least understanding kind of this new wave of technology and how it applies to your job. So that way, when you get in, you you can be super productive. Because what what I'm reading and studying, like from an HR standpoint, is that the, the going forward is going to be about how productive can you be? You're going to get all these skills, these tools, and things like that mm-hmm. that help you to automate things. But so productivity is going to increase dramatically. Um, but you're going to have to be able to use those those tools. Wow. So this is something that I, I'm, I'm so glad we're going down this path because everybody's talking about AI tools, chat, GBT, Jasper. They're like everybody's saying and, and companies don't even know. Some companies are really embracing it while other companies are like, hey, we have uh, we have some pieces of information here, whether it may be uh, protected by law that we don't want to get out to the public. We're, we're afraid that AI is going to expose some of the propriety, you know, things that we have and, and, and the things that we want to keep secure. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're at a very interesting part time in history mm-hmm. where people are on, it's a polarizing thing. AI is polarizing, yeah. but based off of the conversation we're having right now, it's not necessarily to be afraid of AI. Mm-hmm. It sounds as though it's you, the person that, is able to use AI the best mm-hmm. are going to be the victors, the ones that are well versed in how to use it. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you're seeing already? That that's kind of what's setting people it's apart. A huge advantage, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. In, in okay, so a lot of a lot of people look at it as tech, but I I would I would ask them to consider looking at this as business. Mm. So tech, you're talking tools, you're talking process. Like if someone were to say, hey. Alonzo, what's up with DevOps? You know, I, I could tell you what a, what DevOps is, or you can hire DevOps engineers, but they're they're all a part of a business plan. Hmm. So, so I think that I I don't not to derail the conversation, but I'm just saying like if people think tech as in business, because it's not just about learning a tool, it's about hitting business objectives. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're talking automation and scalability because we want to get to be more productive in in a tech environment and a business environment and a healthcare environment and a finance environment. It applies to all the environments. It's just that the technology is 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 a, is an amplifier to what we're doing. So I'm just saying that for when someone's thinking like, okay, the tech, yeah, the tech is important, but what's really most important is that you can get your Whatever role you're in, you got to be as productive as possible. And what I'm saying is that if that person's company embraces tech or not, they need to embrace tech. And yes, the people who are using ChatGPT, and there's a lot more out there automation. Yeah. That you can uh, you can uh, spreadsheets and um, PowerPoint presentations and like all these other ways. Yeah, they have a competitive advantage because what will take you, not you personally, but will take someone like two hours to do. They're they're going to do it in five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And so so that I think is such a very interesting thing. I know there are no companies that are like, yeah, we're actually adapting it. Um, and other companies like, 
Hold on, we got we got to think about this. Oh, security. <laughs> that's, that's scary. If you're yeah. a major company, you're a security. Like that's why cyber is becoming. That's I mean, we were talking positions. I would say cyber is another just arena, not necessarily a position, but just the yeah is 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 a because all this tech has to be protected. I mean, you can build out all the pro. I mean, you could do a lot technology from a technical standpoint, but if 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 data isn't secure, if, if customers privacy isn't secure then it's not gonna you know it's not gonna work out man <laughs> you're gonna end up in lawsuits or or and then customers have a lot of a lot of options so like even customer success i know that's a position that kind of falls within the post sales um a lot of times and i i think some are looking at that i think customer success is going to be a pivotal role going forward because it's a lot of competition and so once you you mm. land a customer the main thing you want to do is keep that customer because it's all on subscription model. Our whole life is run on subscription. <laughs> At this point, Netflix, Hulu, <laughs> sometimes DoorDash. Hey, man, everything's a subscription. There is no more like old school, hey, just save up a bunch of money and pay everything off and you won't have a bill. It's like, no, I think I'm going to always uh, have a bill. But yeah, so it's about keeping that current revenue. So if you Ooh. are a customer success, you know, you're going to keep that revenue coming in. And you're going to uh, be able to upscale, you know, and renewals and things like that. So I, I think that's going to be very important going, um, you know, going going forward. Wow. Let me let me let me put that in a capsule for people. What was just said of uh, tech sales. You, you talk about you talk about people that communicate really on the on the pre-sale side. Then you talked about cybersecurity because we had to keep all these stuff safe. You know, I mean, there's there's literally. And you probably know this as well. There's there's apps that, as I'm talking right now, so I'm going to record my voice and basically have a full fledged conversation on the phone. Scammers are using that to yep. get information from 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 relatives to say, "Hey, I lost my card. Mm -hmm. Can you send me your card number over the phone?" Mm -hmm. It's it's a crazy world that we're that we're getting into. So you have cybersecurity, and then on the pre on the post sale side, mm -hmm. uh, you you're talking about customer success yep. because you want to retain customers and not one, especially in in what we uh, this is for those that are watching mm -hmm. for those that are listening and watching this is what we do in sales specifically mm -hmm. SaaS sales is we don't do one-time purchases with these right. businesses we have established relationships trying to establish relationships so that way we can be able to keep them as customers make sure they're doing good get yep. them, you know as, as we advance we provide them tools and then that also leads to up sales plus uh what other companies call when they basically raise the bill, we I mean we have the same thing with Netflix. Yeah. Netflix was, it was like what nine ninety nine the other day, and now it's like twelve fourteen dollars. Man, you run that across the whole. Woo, that's a lot of money. It's <laughs> a lot of money, but but um, but with that they add features, they do all sorts of different things, and so that's the same way with SaaS. And so if you look at anything that maybe even on a smaller scale, you could say, okay, this makes sense of why SaaS is such a such a field that you want to break into now, get into now. Um, and so, no, this is this is a lot of good stuff. I, I was do it well because think about yeah. who does it bad. Like like gym memberships a lot. Gyms a lot of times do, does it bad. They'll let someone get a membership in January and don't come all year. As long as you're paying, don't come all year. <laughs> and then when you leave and go to another gym, then they're blowing you up. Like, hey, do you want to come back? Here's a special. But by then you're you're going. You're you're not a customer anymore. Yeah. You know, but that's not what is going on. Like in the fast tech world, that's 
they want to do the opposite. Like, you know, they have health scores and they're trying to understand who's a potential risk, who's going to who's going to cancel before it happens and really try to stay connected, you know, with the customer. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here's a, here's a, a random question, maybe. I don't know if this is a good question, but I'm going to still try to ask it. Have you ever recruited somebody? And it, we could do two, we could do twofold. Okay. Have you ever been re- recruited somebody that exceeded your expectations when they got into the role? And have you recruited somebody that you're like, man, I thought you were more than this is you are making <laughs> me look really bad right now. Um, and I'm sorry that I ever met you. I'm sorry. Uh, really I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> that email. I'm sorry that I even found you on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> man, I've seen a lot, man, just in recruiting, bro. I'll have to be honest with you. You know, my goal, my hope is they see expectations. How I usually find out a lot of times is how long they're with the company. Or mm-hmm. a lot of times when I recruit, you know, I stay connected with the people that I recruit because we build a relationship kind of through the recruitment process. Um, so when I recruit them, I'm still an advocate for them. I advocate for them through the recruitment process. And then when they get on, when they get hired, you know, they're going to look for another position, even internally, you know, at some point, and they're going to reach back out to me. And so there's a, that relationship there. But yeah, man, you know, I, I don't want to drop names, but the biggest reason why they don't exceed is because they're overstating their experience on their resume mm. um, and they're putting themselves in a position to where, you know, if you tell me you can do this, <laughs> um, you know, when you get there, you're going to be the expectation is you can do that. And because I'm usually connected with, so there's one person that uh, they were, they were into, it was a FinTech. So they were half finance, half tech. Now they tech as in they were programming because they were understanding how to build out more so like dashboards and things like that. But they, but they went a little more, like they kind of exaggerated a little bit. I didn't know it. And they went through the interview process, but they kind of exaggerated their skill set from the, not the finance side, but some of these uh, dashboards they could build out. Now, truthfully, that wasn't a requirement, but because they said that they could do it, it became a, a requirement on them. It became more of an integrity thing, I should say. It, it wasn't a requirement of the position, but because they had mentioned it and, and, and just throughout the interview process, just kind of just, no, no problem. I've done this a hundred times. I can do this in my sleep. And then they got there on day one, like, okay, well, we need you. And then they're like, I, I mean, <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> and so that came back on me, the recruiter, because sometimes with recruiters, they're like, hey, did you, you know, did you check all the boxes? Did you ask all the questions? And even though it's up to the managers to do that as well, a lot of times they, they still, some of these qualifying type questions, they, they rely, you know, they'll, they'll bring on the recruiters. A lot of times early in my recruitment career where they used to come back and I had to learn was more so around compensation because you'd get someone that was really good and get through all the interview process and we thought they wanted, like, say, ninety thousand, and then you get there and like, no, I want two hundred thousand. <laughs> and by then, everyone was excited. Everyone they say they may have interviewed with seven people. Now it's kind of like, well, Alonzo, you wasted my time because you should have just told this person we don't pay that much, or you should have just, you know. And so early in my career, I had to kind of learn how to navigate that because a lot of people that's an uncomfortable conversation about money, and a lot of people either don't want to talk about it. Or no matter how many, and that comes up a lot. Hey, how do I find out the pay for the job? You know, but and we could talk about that too. But that 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 came up a lot for me, and I really had to get better about framing that and getting that conversation 
um, my preference is just really being transparent about what the job pays as a recruiter and just tell someone like, hey, this is what it pays. Some companies just has a philosophy where they don't want the recruiters to um, to mention it. Um, one thing I say to kind of work around that sometimes if they're a bigger company or they, they have representation in different states is mm-hmm. go to some of the states. So there's there's states where like Denver, uh, Colorado is the closest one, I think, to where I am in Texas. But look for states that are close to where you live, where from a, a legal standpoint, they have to post the, the pay range on the job descriptions. Jim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you if you live because they're doing it by pay range, it's a little complicated. But I can just tell you, if you have a similar job title or your own job title and just go to the look in the other state, you know, look in New York. Look in Colorado, look in a state where it's required and you'll get a you'll get a bait. You'll get a I mean, for cost of living, there's a few difference, but you'll, you'll get a good idea of what they pay. And of course, you can do glass door and all those things um, as well. But I would really if you could see it on their website, I'm sorry, on their uh, job at, um, description, I would trust that the most. Hey, family, it's Joseph here again. Now, you have heard me talk about how tech sales has changed my life. I actually want to introduce you to another career that if you decide to go into it, truly is recession proof. And that is cybersecurity. Level Careers is a platform similar to Course Careers that is self-paced and allows you to obtain knowledge and education in cybersecurity. And get this, without prior experience or a degree. That's right. And so you definitely want to get into that. And if you are interested in learning more about cybersecurity, go ahead and click the link below. It's in my description and use my promo code Joseph 10. That's right. Use my promo code Joseph 10 in order to save 10% off of the purchase price of that course. So without further ado, I'm not going to delay you. Go click on the link, check out the free introductory courses and change your life today. A recruiter cousin said it best. She said, as Shanae uh, Eckhart, mm, for those who don't yeah. know, she's like, make it make sense. You asked for from 90,000 to 200 gra- Make yeah, it make sense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. oh, if you say 150, we, work for, we might meet in the middle. 200K? Yeah, someone did me like that, man. And it was, we oh. did we spend a lot of time and we had, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. So I did learn a lesson, but that made me look bad. But others, majority of the time, you know, I'll recruit good champions. And, and when I get them hired, I really try to work with them internally to continue to promote um, mm. within the organization. Being in recruitment, a lot of times you leaders. So you mm-hmm. say uh, you get hired. I, I'm already thinking of someone that'd be good for you to partner with when you get hired. Because I, I know leaders across the different organizations. I know yes. I know their weaknesses. Sometimes we do like these personality tests. And, and those assessments is a whole nother thing. Someone was grilling me on assessments. <laughs> I was like, okay. But uh, assessments, but either way, we know your profile and we're like, oh, this person to be a good fit. So a really good recruiter is doing all of this in the background to, to kind of build out recruitment. That's how you partner with a good recruiter. The ones that are not so good, they're focused just on interviewing. So they're just focused mm. on transactional of just reach out, interview, reach out, interview. But if you want to get an idea of the level of recruiter you're talking to, when you're asking more questions about the company, about different people in the organizations, about who's getting promoted, and they'll know things if they're really in tune uh, to their organization. Wow, you provided another gem within a gem. That that was good. And, and I'm going to go back to the question because I yeah. want to make sure that some people might feel like, oh, I'm underqualified. Or some people might, this is better stated this way. They may say, hey, they don't, I know what I could bring to the table, but I may not have all the things that look good on paper. 
have you ever had somebody that didn't necessarily look good on paper mm. you were able to advocate for them and then they were able to blow everybody's expectations out the water oh yeah 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 especially on the sales side absolutely just mm. because it's more about relationship building and interaction communication skills and how you handle it under pressure. There's one gentleman that comes to mind. He was, uh, he didn't have any professional experience at all, but he did play sports in college. And he just talked about how all the pressure situations he had to go under and just uh, working within the team, being competitive, uh, reviewing all this film, just doing all these things that he, to be prepared and just understanding how much preparation went into game time. I mean, he, in, the biggest challenge most have in transferring is not necessarily on paper, it's communication. They're not able to transfer or translate for someone what they've done to this new position. And for someone who, so if they're talking to a recruiter or a hiring manager that doesn't quite understand their world that they're coming from, they need to almost be like a translator. If you're mm. having two people, like one speaking English, <laughs> one speaking Spanish, and they're going at it, you have someone who's a translator. Sometimes you have to be your own translator because they really mm. don't understand. They have a quite a little bit of understanding where you're coming from, but, but sometimes they don't. And, and you, you would have to get better at doing that. When I try to help people, especially one-on-one -on -one with interviewing, that's where I spend most of my time. You can practice the tell me about yourselves and all, all these type of questions. You can rehearse them. You can practice them. You can memorize it. But yeah. you have to get good at translating your experience and making it relevant to this new position. But if you're talking about on paper, I would say highlight reorganizing your resume to highlight these skills on paper and emphasizing your skills or get your sharpen up your resume, uh, do a stretch assignment. Like you have a current job, even if you're a janitor, but they have a sales team, ask the sales team manager, hey, when I'm done with my other duties, can I come and hang out with the sales team? Can I take on a project? Mm. Can I do something for your team? And now when you get to your resume, you can say on your resume, here's my job title, but I also did a stretch assignment with the sales team for four And I learned this, 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 this. For someone who wants to go more technical and they find someone who's an engineer for that organization, yo, I did a stretch assignment with the engineering team. And I did this, this, and this was the engineering team in a live production environment. And that's how you stand out. So I would max it wherever they, wherever you, if you have a job, wherever you currently work, <laughs> I would maximize that. I would go directly to who I need in my resume and no additional compensation or anything. I would do that for at least three or four months and put that on my resume. I, I don't think translation needs to be had, but I'm going to try to translate for those that, that missed that bar right there. Yeah. Going back to what we first talked about, the janitor, the, you know, other, other he's basically... Alonzo is basically giving you a, a blueprint of, of setting yourself up to get into tech in a very beautiful way. If you're working in a position that may not be where you want to be, but you have a position in your company where you could probably say, hey, maybe for a cup of coffee as well, a, a cup of coffee in there or a, five, a $10 Starbucks card, whatever. I want to kind of as a stretch goal, I want to learn what you do. I want to be able to be your shadow. I want to be able to help you in different ways if I can and do that for three, four, five, whatever, how much time you ever could put yep. it in. Mm -hmm. And you have set yourself to be able to yep. say in the interview that, you know what, I've worked as a janitor, 
But for, and I'm just picking that one because my mom. No, that's a good one. <laughs> She's <laughs> in the cleaning business, right? And so I, I, I'm doing X amount of Z, whatever the job is. I work in the mail room. But for three to four months, I was able, or plus, I was able to do X, Y, and Z as a stretch. Yeah, stretch assignment. A lot of times. There we go. Mm -hmm. As a stretch assignment. And I learned Y and Z right there. That shows initiative. Yes. That shows grit. That shows that this is a person that has leadership abilities because they're able to lead themselves to do this, that they're committed. And that's why a lot of companies, and you can always correct me if I'm wrong along, but that's why a lot of companies traditionally looked at a degree because that shows commitment. Yes. Yep. And so if you could provide that level of commitment without the degree, mm -hmm. y'all, Alonzo is setting y'all guys in up for some success right there. now. And you're actually learning. A lot of people were trying to figure out skill-wise, what do I learn? Do I learn HTML? CSS. Do I learn? You, do I learn this? Do I learn that? Like you, well, if you got someone in your circle or someone at your company who's doing HTML at the job, hey, can I just come sit with you for a couple of days and just see what HTML? To your original question, when we started with tech, I think a lot of it is just lack of exposure. To be honest, yes. you see some of this stuff, you'll be like, wait a minute, this isn't as complicated as now. Some of it is complicated. I'm not yeah. going to hold anyone up, but a lot of it is not as complicated no, it's not. as you think it is, if you could just sit and just look at it for a while and just watch someone do it and you'll be like, oh, I got you. <laughs> oh, man. And this is, I think, a great segue because talking about exposure, you have founded Diverse, right? Yes. Diverse mm -hmm. Tech Connect. And I'm, I was reading a little bit about it. Basically, it's a community that you're building, helping uh, people transition into tech with the talent, the ability that they already have, but you're helping with the interview process. You're helping them learn more about the, the role. They're basically developing a network as well, not just with their peers, but with recruiters and hiring managers. Processes, they're learning about what you talked about with regards to pay transparency. They're talking about all these different things. Can you talk a little bit about that, this community, this organ organism that you're looking to build here? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We're building it out. It's growing. One thing that we noticed even over my years of, of just working and building out and trying to bridge the gap here with uh, getting more people of color and women, especially in, into this space, is that uh, for a lot of us, we, we don't have the reason why we're not as exposed is because we don't have a lot of immediate family members and things like that that are involved. And a lot of folks like how they're getting their first job, especially if they're transitioning into SDR or sales engineering or things like that. If you really go back to look, look at some of our counterparts, it was off of who they knew, honestly. Yep. It, it wasn't necessarily that they did all the boot camp. And I'm not saying not do. I'm just saying the reality. It wasn't that they did all these things. It wasn't that they knew HTML and they could Python with their eyes closed. It wasn't any of that. And even to this day, a lot of them were not hands on uh, in tech, like, like, like most of us think that they are. You'd be surprised when you work at a tech company, how many people are not programmers or not coders. It's the majority. But, but anyway, my idea was, was to try to bridge that gap and bring more people who are involved in, in tech companies where you could have more interaction with them. You can ask them questions. You can interview with them. You can learn from them um, kind of in a safe space. Because sometimes when you're reaching out to people just through LinkedIn and things, you, you don't want to necessarily, like, you don't want to say something as well to make them not consider you for working there or something like that. So this is more of a safe space, right? You're coming in, the recruiters who are involved are going to give you real life, like what we look for from a recruitment standpoint, how our interview process looks like. We'll give you more information, just interview skills, resumes, and things like that. 
the hiring managers involved. Of course, they're going to interview. Mock interview is a big part of all of this. Uh, and there's some other things we're going to roll out too when it comes to networking and reaching out on LinkedIn. But the spirit of it all is to get a sense of community. So that way, if you apply to some of these tech companies, uh, you may already have someone within the space that works there or can give you some insight. And even more so for those who are applying, I talk to people every day, man, who applied a lot of jobs, 50, 60 jobs, and then they don't get a response or they finally get the one response back three months later and they're not ready for the interview. And, and and this that's that's like that's like game seven and the NBA is starting up. So I'm already that's like at least game five. That's a big game that you need to be ready for. That's not time for practice. Mm. You don't want to, that the interview to be your, your mock interview, right? You need to be prepared and stay prepared. So that that's a big part of this. Um, so it's in beta phase now, growing it out, and it's, it's going to be a lot bigger. And I, I foresee it being something that is going to be a, a really good. Um, like safe space for us to come to where no question you can ask any question you want and things like that. And, and let's see how many people we can grow and how many people we can get, get hired. Wow. I, I, I think that word safe, secure, that right there is going to resonate with a lot of people because LinkedIn, you could try to reach out to somebody and you could say the wrong word, wrong sentence. You might even say something like you, they ask you a question and you say, Hey, uh, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case may be, you answer that wrong, you show that you're not there yet. And that's you, it. It, it. That's it. In your mind, that first impression is a like last impression that they have of you. And so I think that there is a valuable space and place for this. And I think that everybody that's listening to this that wants to get into in tune with something like that, go ahead and click the link below. I, go to Alonzo's LinkedIn page, reach out to him if that's okay with you. Oh, that's, uh, that's fine. <laughs> I don't want you to be bombarded by too many people. Uh, oh, yeah, that's it. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's Alonzo. And be able to realize this is somebody that has years of recruitment experience in the game that can be able to, if not anything else, guide you in the right path and bring you to this community that's here. So no, this is really good. I think you've said so many great things. And I want to always a little bit of, a, I'm not going to say cap is the word I'm looking for. But just a nice little bow on this in the sense of the mindset someone needs to have to not only be where you are, but to scale from there. What would you say is that that one, maybe two or even three qualities? It could just be one, mm. one quality that you feel that person needs to have. Hey, let's, I would start with, um, yeah, there's a few, man. I'll start with some that are not as popular or, or not discussed as much. I'll say curiosity. See, the thing is, you're going to have to be curious about these. You, there's no short answer whatever even because too many people are thinking about getting a job i don't really talk to people about getting jobs i talk to people about having successful careers mm. and get paid is what you want to yeah. this one job thing is like <laughs> you've already had a job you can get a job that's not what we're talking about so curiosity you're gonna have to get into somewhere and be curious about what you're doing enough to continue to learn and develop and keep asking questions and in a tech community, curiosity is is a is is a that is very coveted. We start talking about principles of organizations and values of organizations. Curiosity, you're gonna find that if you start to read through a lot of these websites, you're gonna see curiosity there a lot. So for someone who's like, well, who we tell what we curiosity, what does it mean? It's just really just asking questions and being willing to go research for the questions that you're asking and continue to learn and then bring that back to the group. If you're on a team and you want to learn something, you bring that back to the group. Second, I would say 
and this may maybe it should have been the first one, I would say you're going to have to be confident because you're not going to always be in a room with people that look like you. You're not going to always be in a room with people who, who just want to see you make $500,000 a year. And <laughs> <laughs> get stock options and, and not to scare you that it's like uh, a, a bad environment. I'm just saying that you're going to get, eventually you're going to get in a position. This may not be your first job, but it's going to eventually you can get to a position where you're going to have to be confident. You're going to yeah. have to be confident in what you're saying and confident in yourself. And I will say that for those that are trying to break in, that's probably the number one thing I would say for even interviewing, because if you don't believe what you're saying, man, no one else is <laughs> going to believe in you. No one, you could, it could happen, but so again, yeah, curiosity and, and I'll say confident. And um, the last thing I'll say, man, as, as we're wrapping up, I just want to encourage everyone to, uh, to, to just be persistent and not quit. Um, and just think more long-term, you know? So I, I know a lot of us mm. are into tech as in, this is April, 2023. I got to get there by May, 2023. And I got to be making a hundred thousand dollars by June, 2023. I would just say, or 200,000 or 400. I, I mean, everyone's got different taste and clothes and cars and houses and, and live in different cities. So whatever, you know, whatever. And I want it, I think everyone should go and make, try to make what they want, but I would just say strategically think about it. Um, build some strategy into your job search and into your career. My career, you know, I didn't, I doubled my income in my career when I started thinking of my career strategically versus mm. what's the next recruiting job I can get. When I started, when I stood back and like, Hey, you know what? I want to go into tech recruiting. I need to learn these things. I need to do this. I need to do that. The next mm -hmm. job I took, I took it for that particular reason. The things I would study, I studied it for that particular reason. Yeah. And that's how I doubled my income, you know? So I would say be more strategic, not, not just think about this one job, get this job, <laughs> get started. But I'm saying once you're there, be strategic and, and yeah. what you're trying to do and you'll get there a lot faster. I totally agree with that. I totally agree. In fact, I'm like, I'm like, man, I think Alonzo was in sales <laughs> because <laughs> you said you said the three C's that I and I've I've talked to some people about, which is curiosity, mm -hmm. right? Confidence. And actually, I don't think you mentioned the third one, which is consistency. Keep it going, persevere. Mm -hmm. But consistency is why I tell what I've learned actually in my job is like they're like, great. Uh, you got quota this year. Uh, this month get it again next month if they see that consistency and and and, and I, then that that stuck with me and so that's why i was like i'm gonna maintain quota since i got here and you know i just started in november but you know mm -hmm. maintain quota right that's good uh, yeah no, kudos to you oh Seriously. thank you <laughs> thank you but it, it but by being consistent they're like okay now i can trust you yep i can trust you with more and that did open up a door for me um at my job which i'm very thankful for um, but that's that's that that's a, that's the third one I would say. So sometimes we could get either we could get too high on ourselves or we get too low and we and we lose our consistency. Mm -hmm. um, that's a key thing to have. And I'm just gonna piggyback on one other thing yeah. you said, and I'm I'm not gonna say this is from myself. This is from Dr. Myron Golden. Um, but what I learned from him is regarding confidence. Oftentimes we don't have confidence because mm -hmm. we lack mastery. Mm. And and that's the biggest thing is that we we don't feel confident because yep. we lack mastery in X skill, Y yep. skill, whatever the skill may be. 
But one thing I want to remind people when you get into the interview process is if you feel like you lack skill X, Y, and Z, definitely go back to the drawing board and work on that. <laughs> but the one thing that you are the master of more than anybody else is your life. Like okay. you're the only one that lived your life. So you could talk about your life well. You shouldn't be like you have to look at your resume to talk about <laughs> your life. You yeah. lived it. So be comfortable talking about your life. Be comfortable talking about your story. Mm -hmm. Because in your stories, like you, like we talked about, you could use those transferable skills there. Talk about, I remember this, uh, I won't say the, the person's name, but they were able to land a job without finishing a, a tech boot camp, just got into it mm -hmm. by simply telling their story with a large tech company um, and said, hey, I'm, I don't know much about SaaS. I don't know oh. much about X, Y, and Z, but mm -hmm. I can tell you as this, as when I was working this job, this is the type of skills that I had. When I was doing this, this type of skills that I had, when I was doing that, and the person ended up, the, whoever was interviewing them, stopped writing and was just listening because they're <laughs> captivated by the story. They're persuaded by the story, right? Mm -hmm. That's sales is all about persuasion. Mm -hmm. Let me let you know about this tool that I have that I believe is a great fit for you. And I'm going to persuade you. I'm not going to break mm -hmm. your arm to get over here. But I'm going to persuade you that this is the right decision for you. Mm -hmm. So that was a, that a lot of those things you said are gems upon gems, y'all. Like, <laughs> this is a two-part series right now. Well, everybody, you know, they want to make it, man. It's competitive. It's tough. I know it's a lot out there, man. But what you're doing is a game changer. You know, you. I, you know what you're building, how you're doing it. You know, this is going to be evergreen. Like someone's going to look at your stuff like five years from now. And like, you know, it's going <laughs> to and, and you're going to be, you know, this is really going to grow out, man, because it's, it's definitely needed. And and I think, you know, as I grew up in my career, man, I really wish I spent more time learning from my peers. I think a lot of times yeah. we all want to learn from like, you know, the person we can't get in touch with, the multi multi millionaire, the the CEO, and, and I'm not knocking, you know, learning from any of them, but that's like who we, but sometimes the best person for you to learn from mm. is the person that's like one step or two steps or three mm -hmm. steps ahead of you because they, 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 they know real vividly, like what, yeah. you know, what that last step <laughs> looked yeah. like and, and how you gotta get, how you gonna get over it. Yeah. Last thing I'll say is you're absolutely right. Your peers today can be the VP of a company tomorrow. And, and and YouTube, YouTube University, the, this is mentorship right here. Grab a book, <laughs> read, you know, uh, and th th that's mentorship right there for you. Uh, but with that being said, I mean, I'm, I'm just I'm talking in general to everybody and just I'm having a good old time. I'm smiling ear to ear because of how how great this conversation is. Oh, this is good. Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Oh, man. Thank you so much, Alonzo, for gracing this stage. This has been whoo, I see the comment section blowing up right now. Uh, because of how much uh, information you dropped. Uh, thank you so much. Again, if you guys appreciated Alonzo, put it in the comment section below. Blow up his LinkedIn. He gave you permission. Uh, <laughs> find out more about Diverse Tech Connect. Get connected to him. And until next time, family, we hope to see you on the other side in tech. Take care now.